welcome to Nomad Limits. This is the second episode of the first season. Today, we are going to be talking about how to travel cheaply, how to get funds prepared for your travel adventures throughout the year. And so there are a lot of topics that we can dive into when it comes to the concept of saving money and exactly how to save money overseas while you're in country. <clears throat> a majority of the time, I end up saving either 20% of my uh, of my paychecks every time that I get paid, and it goes directly into a savings account and a vault that I use within my bank account to separate funds that typically I need for other things and my overall year trip that I like to take. Um, it's very easy to set money aside and forget about it and let it build up over time for you to have as uh, a little nest egg for your grand trips that for most people are looking typically between a week to two weeks. Uh, I personally like to go big and bold. And so my trips are a little bit longer in duration, typically between the two week mark all the way up to two or three months. And so having a little extra money is imperative. It is a necessary commodity to have not just to pay for the flights to get where I'm going, but to also ensure that through anything that happens, I have the funds capable of getting me out of these situations. Um, that includes making sure that I have numerous bank account cards in case I might get robbed or I lose something. And also carrying cash uh, that's in a concealable location, making sure that you have backup plans for a lot of the overall issues that you might face within being in a foreign country with the limited cash that you have with you. Um, overall, saving money is an important concept to, to have for any type of occasion, any type of resource. You've got to be able to know how to allocate your funds in the right locations in order to come back to it and minimize spending on things that you realistically don't need overall. If I were to take the funds that I make throughout the year, um, putting 20 to 50% on some occasions directly into my travel fund account, I might be looking at the end of the year, $2,2500 that can end up being put into uh, the overall trip. And that might not seem like a lot, but realistically, depending on where you go, you really don't need a lot of money to begin with. What has helped me a lot as well, uh, which I'm not going to lie, is not something that a lot of people have the luxury, but joining the military has provided such an aid in not allowing the concerns with student loans to overshadow the opportunities for other things. The Army has allowed me to set aside money that they've given me because of sign-on bonuses and other major funding that has allowed me to set aside great amounts to take with me on trips overseas. Usually, I put a percentage into stocks as well and whatever I need basically to survive. These things are important to have. Um, however, if you're not in the military and you're looking for the extra funding, what has also provided a lot of assistance is the FAFSA program. At the end of the time that the FAFSA hits the, US, the university's bursar's account, 
whatever's left over over the overall amount given to you by the federal government goes directly into your checking account. That money could range anywhere between $1,000 upwards of $2,500, depending on how many classes you're taking, if you're doing full-time, or whatever. What's helped me is that the military covers the tuition up front, and so the FAFSA gets directly deposited the full amount into my checking account, which gives me about $3,000 every semester. Now, having graduated, I'm now turning my resources into finding other ways to uh, substitute that income. However, being in the military also gives me a paycheck every month that I can look forward to that has helped me tremendously. And that's extra money that I can put away. Now, when going into a country, let's say you figured out everything, you've got uh, your amount saved up. Most of the time, people are trying to live these luxurious vacations and they want to find themselves in places like the Ritz Carlton and the Four Seasons and these big Hiltons and these hotels that will gladly take your money. From what I've realized though is that a lot of these places really remove the ability for total immersion. And when it comes to this, if you're going to take a vacation to someplace exotic, why limit yourself to the confined walls of a hotel and the commodities within it? Safety is a big one, and um, the peace of mind, knowing that there isn't going to be any complications with your trip, is also a major uh, ease of mind for a lot of people traveling to foreign countries. However, taking advantage of the travel industry within a lot of countries, including South America and Asia, Africa, all over Europe as well, are the hostels, cheap places to stay that provide great accommodations and opportunities to meet fellow travelers that are typically within the range of 18 to 40. And I've met people even older than that doing travel all over the world. And taking advantage of these cheap accommodations provides an opportunity to reach out if you're traveling alone or with a couple friends to make connections greater than what you would have if everybody was confined within one space of their own hotel room with limited interaction with other people. And so if you're going to go to a country, you have to research exactly what it is you are attempting to accomplish. Most of the time, people go to countries thinking that they have a general idea and that it's just going to be an easy in, easy out. Sometimes things happen that you are not going to be able to foresee and having the extra money in order to protect you and taking the proper precautions to limit um, the uh, overall adversity of your trip is going to come in handy in the long run. And what do I mean by that? Well, for me, I'll give an example. Back in this, uh, this summer, uh, I'm sorry, last summer in 2023, I visited Thailand. And while I was there, I was bitten by a monkey. Now, usually being bitten by a monkey sounds like one of the most off chance things to have happened. However, it happens to hundreds, if not thousands of tourists every year traveling to Asia. And um, what I was smart enough to do was before I traveled, which I think is imperative for anybody who is interested in foreign travel to do, is to ensure that they have travel insurance. That precaution is going to save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. 
Having travel insurance when I was bit by the monkey completely took over the $680 bill that was going to uh, the vaccine that I needed and the aftercare treatment for the bite. If not, and I decided to wait, it's possible that the monkey could have been contracted with rabies and I probably wouldn't be here today. I didn't have $600 to spend, especially on a bite, because I went to Thailand with a meager amount of $2,500. Immediately right off the gate, before I even got on the plane to my connection to Taiwan, the airline uh, ended up telling me that information was off that I had entered when I was booking the flight. And so to change it, they charged me a ridiculous amount of $500. Imagine, before you even get on your flight, you're taking the money directly out of your account that you could be using overseas to change information on an itinerary that realistically wasn't even your fault. And so with this, you don't want to get blindsided by these unfortunate events and these occurrences that happen when you don't plan for the what ifs if you're traveling to a country that you're unfamiliar with. Most of the time, the money that I take with me is usually between two to $3,000. That's besides the plane ticket that I bought. Overall, these amounts seem like crazy amounts, especially if you're in college or you have other bills and obligations to pay for, but I promise you that it can be done if you are frugal enough to make sure that your funds stay where they are and that you consistently put the amounts that you need inside of your savings account. A lot of the times people will take advantage of being in a foreign country by living lavishly, extravagantly, going out of their way to spend more money, even though you could find a relatively similar dish of food or experience elsewhere for a cheaper price. A lot of it has price gouging because of tourism, and so people who stay within the tourist zones find themselves paying charges typically three to four times higher than what you would if you went to a place where most of the locals go. Is it a little bit more dangerous? Yes, I won't lie. However, if you are a personable uh, individual and you love the culture and you enjoy talking to people and you learn the customs, people will take you in and appreciate your time in country that you will then further enjoy throughout your visit. Money is not something that a lot of people enjoy talking about, uh, and it's one of those things that people look down upon when it comes to their ideas of traveling because they think of it as a limitation. And in some capacities, not having enough money is a major limitation. When I came back from Thailand, I ended up with only $86 in my bank account. I was riding the red line as close as I possibly could from budgeting to zero out of the total amount that I had. And did I have a reserve? Yes. Did I want to touch it? No. I didn't want to have to dig into the things that I also have put away for other items and other necessities. And um, it's one of those things that you are going to be unprepared for some cases if you don't take the right avenues of approach in ensuring that your uh, vacation, your trip, your travel is going to be uh, enjoyable completely. So <clears throat> when I went to Peru, <clears throat> this was 2022, I had gone to Peru twice. I had 
uh, a wonderful uh, year where I had saved up a lot of money and I wanted to enjoy it as best as I could. Well, the first time that I went to Peru, the Spirit Airline flights were only $400 round trip from Florida. The, the price to get overseas was incredible enough for me to book the flight almost immediately. You're not gonna find that very often. And so when you get these opportunities, take the chance to say, I wanna do this and I think I should go. At that point, when I had gotten to Peru, I had done almost no planning. I arrived in country, green, wet behind my ears and had no idea what I was gonna do. But I figured it out along the way. I thought, if I lived frugally, I stayed in hostels, and I made friends, I might be able to get by in-country without having to pay for a majority of hotels, Airbnbs, and hostels. And that's exactly what I did. The more hospitable you are, the more personable you are in talking to others and opening yourself up, the more people are willing to take you in and give you the experience of staying with a legitimate host that has been living in the country and loves to share their culture and experiences with you. Take advantage of being an open, charismatic person and don't let the idea of luxury take away from the experience that you could have by being a little bit more open and not so seclusive. Money is a great asset to have in countries where people typically are living below the poverty line, even on our standards. But on the international poverty line, it's a little bit different to go around and immediately expect that just because you have money, people want to cater towards you. Um, inexperience, not flaunting your money, not living lavishly, being on the level of humility that the people within the country are expecting of you as a tourist is the most important thing you could do by respecting who they are. And with that, you might be able to take away fantastic opportunities of having stories that otherwise you would have never been able to gather because you were too focused on putting money into experiences that are based primarily for tourists. Save your money, stay away from the tourist traps within most downtowns and within most tourist areas, and get out there and explore a little bit. Save your money, find on Groupon, find on the internet, find from uh, word of mouth, things that you can do, people that you can meet that can give you experiences that will allow your money to go further than if you had just stayed within a luxury resort for a period of a week. If I can make 2,500 last two months in Thailand, then I know that you could make 1,000 last for two weeks in whatever country you go to, regardless of where it is, even in Europe. You just have to get out there. You have to be smart. Do your proper research and look at the opportunities of what's out there besides just the traditional tourist itinerary. You have to be able to Watch YouTube videos and read books and find ways that allows your experience to overcome those that are only limited to a very small perception of visiting a new country. Anyway, I hope that with, these, with this advice and these comments that go towards your money, you might be able to take them and use them a little bit more um, 
legitimately for your upcoming travels, for your upcoming dreams and motivations. Take your money, save it up, put it towards something that you can thoroughly research on how to make the most out of what you have. It might be scary. You might lose your money. It's okay. Money will come back your way. I was sitting at the $86 amount coming back from Thailand. And yeah, it scared the hell out of me. But you know what? I would have come back with nothing and still appreciated every moment that I had within that country. So with that, that's going to conclude episode two of the first season of Nomad Limits. This is your host, Taylor Rebus. Thank you for joining me here. And remember that with us, there are Nomad Limits.